Dear listener, welcome to your favorite new life program. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Msavi Mtesh is on standby with the health segment. Today, she'll talk about herniated disc of the spine. Thereafter, Brother Steve Rundu will be joining us during the Bible segment to share about stewards of birds and trees. But first, let us listen to Nathaniel Nyagol with the song, Take Time to Be Holy. Ten 
Welcome back, dear listener. It's time for the health segment with Musavi Mteshi. Be blessed. Hello, listener. Welcome to our program, Health Nuggets. I am your presenter, Musavi Muteshi. Our topic for today is herniated disc of the spine. Our spines are made up of a column of bones separated by discs, small pads that contain a soft, jelly-like center encased in a tough exterior. A herniation of that disc occurs when some of the soft jelly pushes out through a crack in the tough exterior. Many people who have suffered the herniation of a spinal disc experience no symptoms. They only find they have the condition when an x-ray of their spine shows narrowing between the spinal bones. On the other hand, the herniated jelly can irritate nearby nerves causing severe pain, numbness or weakness of an arm or leg. The location of one's pain varies depending on the exact location of the damaged disc. Most herniated discs occur in the lower back and if we have symptoms, we'll typically feel the most intense pain in our buttock, thigh and leg below the knee. Pain may also involve the foot. If the herniated disc is in the neck, the pain will tend to be most intense in our shoulder and arm. Pain may also radiate into the arm or leg when we cough, sneeze or when we move our spine into certain positions. Aside from pain, people with herniated disc frequently experience numbness or tingling in the body part served by the damaged nerves and muscles served by the affected nerves tend to weaken. This may cause us to stumble or make it hard to lift or hold items. Most people can't remember the exact activity that caused their disc to herniate. You may have used your back muscles instead of your leg and thigh muscles to lift a large, heavy object, or you may have twisted or turned while lifting. A traumatic event, such as a fall, may cause the damage, but disc herniation is most often the result of gradual wear and tear of your spine as you age. Spinal discs lose some of their water content with age, making them less spongy and more prone to tearing with even a minor strain or twist. Other factors that increase your risk of rupturing a disc include having a physically demanding job and being overweight because that weight causes extra stress on the discs in your lower back. How do you treat the damage resulting from a ruptured disc? If you have developed symptoms in your legs or arms that are suspicious for a ruptured disc, making some lifestyle changes at home is often helpful. Many people get better in a month or two with conservative treatment as the protruding portion of the disc shrinks, allowing for the improvement of symptoms. Symptoms can be relieved in 9 out of 10 people by merely avoiding the painful positions, following an exercise program and taking pain medicines. Core muscle strengthening exercises that you can do at home help to stabilize and support the spine. Begin by placing both of your hands and both of your knees on the floor with your weights evenly distributed. Take a deep breath, then tighten your abdominal muscles, drawing your belly towards your spine. 
Hold the contraction for 10 seconds, then relax and repeat for 10 repetitions. Next, inhale deeply. As you exhale, lift one hand a fraction of an inch off the floor and lift the opposite knee to the same height. A physical therapist can show you more advanced exercises that are designed to minimize the pain of a herniated disc. As the pain improves, a physical therapist can advance you to a more intense rehabilitation program to maximize the health of your back and to help protect you against future injury. Be sure to check your doctor before resuming high-impact activities such as running or strenuous physical labor. If your pain is only mild to moderate, try taking pain medicines that you can purchase without a prescription. If these medicines prove insufficient to control your pain, you will need to see a doctor who can prescribe stronger medicines as well as medicines that will decrease the inflammation and relax your irritated muscles. A very small number of people with a herniated disc will eventually need surgery. Your spinal cord is the bundle of nerves that runs through your spine, sending out nerves to control the muscles throughout your body through the disc spaces between the bones of the spine. A person with a ruptured disc can occasionally lose control of their urinary bladder or of their bowels because the ruptured disc is pressing against the nerves that control the muscles responsible for those functions. Surgery may be required for that condition. Rarely, disc herniation can compress the entire bundle of nerve roots as the spinal cord ends just below the waist, and in that case, emergency surgery will be required to avoid permanent weakness or paralysis. Most commonly, you may need surgery if conservative treatment fails to improve your symptoms after six weeks or if you're having significant trouble performing basic activities such as standing or walking or if you find the pain, numbness or weakness in your legs or arms is worsening with time. We were created with a wonderful but delicate mechanism that allows us to stand upright and to walk. How can you prevent damage to that delicate mechanism? Start by maintaining a good posture. Good posture reduces the pressure on your spine and its discs. Next, maintain a healthy weight to avoid excess pressure on the spine and discs, making them more susceptible to herniation. Keep your back straight and aligned, particularly when sitting for longer periods of time. Lift heavy objects properly, making your legs do most of the work instead of your back. Finally, exercise to stabilize and support your spine. Health Nuggets is written by Dr. Richard Uckel, a medical doctor working in the United States. The medical views expressed in this program are his and may differ for your particular health needs. If you need medical advice, please consult a medical professional in your area. Thank you for listening.
Welcome back to listener and I hope that you're enjoying the program. I'm a presenter Samuel Mangi. For your views, comments or questions about the show, write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 4276, code 00100 Kenya. Or email us through awr at Let us now have an item from Nathaniel Nagol entitled Blessed Hour of Prayer. Is the blessed hour of prayer when our hearts slowly bend and we gather to Jesus, our Savior and friend? If we come to Him in faith, His protection to share, what a for the weary. See to be blessed all of blessed all of what a bum for the weary Oh see to be Is the blessed hour of prayer when the Savior draws near with a tender compassion his children to hear when he tells us we may cast at his feet every care but above for the weary. To be there, blessed are all pray, blessed are all pray, what a burn for the weary. Oh, I see to be Is the blessed hour of prayer when the tempted and tried to the Savior who loves them, their sorrows confide with a sympathizing heart? He removes every care, what a burn for the weary. To be there, blessed are all pray, blessed are all pray, what a burn for the weary. Oh, how sweet to be there. The blessed are all prayer, trusting Him we believe that the blessings one needing will surely receive. 
the fullness of this trust We shall lose every care What a burn for the weary Oh, how sweet to be there Blessed are all prayer Blessed are all prayer What a burn for the weary Oh, how sweet to be there Blessed are all prayer Blessed are all prayer What a burn for the weary Oh, how sweet to be there It is now time for the Bible segment. Join me as I invite Brother Steve Rundu. Welcome, Brother. Steward of birds and trees. Our key text this day comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 22, reading from verse 6 and 7. And I will read. If you come across a bird's nest beside the road, either in a tree or on the ground, and the mother is sitting on the young or on the eggs, do not take the mother with the young. You may take the young, but be sure to let the mother go, so that it may go well with you, and you may have a long life. This passage emerges from a long list of miscellaneous laws God gave to Moses in order to instruct the new nation Israel how to live healthy and productive lives. While some of the laws may seem a bit odd to our day and age, the husbandry of a female bird and her eggs seems to contain perennial good sense as well as humanitarian value. To take the eggs for food or to raise more birds is a way to use God's creation for human good. To leave the mother bird to lay more eggs is a way to ensure food for the next day, the next month and the next generation. It denotes a stewardship that honors God as the author of life for the non-human and human world alike. Peter DeVos and the authors of Earth Keeping in the 90s offer this insight. Though we have across human history often treated animals with kindness and love, often bringing them into the circle of our world, we have more often simply regarded them as raw material to do our work or productive, provide our protein, leather and fur. Though it may be appropriate to use animals to increase our well-being, it is a solemn thing to do, demanding attitudes of husbandry and stewardship, which are, for the most part, no longer present. To a similar passage in Deuteronomy, chapter 20, reading from verses 19 to 20, regarding the treatment of trees, in wartime the same kinds of husbandry and stewardship apply. Yes, says God in effect, take the trees you need for the purpose you need them. But don't waste trees that provide food just because the axe is in your hand. If God is owner of all human dominion, and all human dominion is clearly delegated, then it is also clear that the steward is both a servant and a manager. The Greek term for steward is oikonomos, manager of the household. Thus God's steward over nature is to be a manager of the earth's household, rock, water, 
air, tree, bird and beast in the infinite complexity of the interrelationships. This human management of stewardship must be directed to benefit the household of the earth and the creatures who depend on it for life, health and fulfillment. Thus the manager of the earth, even in the most ideal conditions, is often called upon to balance conflict, conflicting needs. For the richness of nature is given in part to provide for the human necessities of food, clothing, shelter, health, delight, work and joy. But that richness is also there to fulfill similar needs for non-human creatures. That is food, shelter, health, procreation, delight, and perhaps other needs we have not yet learned about. The stewards of nature must balance these needs, establish priorities, smooth out conflict in short. They must manage for the welfare of the creation and the glory of God. And remember in Genesis 1, God puts man to have dominion over all his creation. Let us think about this. What do these laws tell us about God's view of nature? How might the passages mentioned here apply into life today? In what ways do these laws place responsibility for the stewardship of creation on all people? Let us pray. Oh, our loving God, our creator and the sustainer of our lives, Lord, we ask you to give us wisdom today on how to be better stewards of the environment and also of the non-living creatures and also of the non-human creatures. Father, teach us this day to be better stewards and I pray trusting and believing in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear listener, we have come to the end of our program. Thank you for keeping me company. For your views, comments, or questions about the show, write to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 001001, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr at Until next time, may our God be with you. I have been a presenter, Samuel Mange.
time to be holy. Let him be thy guide, and run not before him, whatever be tide. Enjoy our Time to be holy, become in thy soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love. Is the blessed hour of prayer when our hearts slowly bend and we gather to Jesus, our Savior and friend? If we come to Him in faith, His protection to share, what for the weary. See to be there, blessed are of prayer, blessed are of prayer, what have for the weary? Oh, I see to be there. Is the blessed hour of prayer when the Savior draws near with a tender compassion his children to hear when he tells us we may cast at his feet every care but above for the weary. To be there, blessed are of pray, blessed are of pray, what above for the weary. Oh, I see to be Is the blessed hour of prayer 
When the tempted and tried To the Savior who loves them Their sorrows confide With a sympathizing heart He removes every